Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We have a huge show this morning. We're going to talk about getting into college, the application process, and we've got several professionals here to weed it all out for us. But before I introduce them, I want to introduce Michelle Hatch, who is the founder of Caleb's Assist, because sports are also a part of this process and looks good on your resume, but if you can't afford to get involved, you want to go to Caleb's Assist. Michelle, tell us what's going on. You can go to calebsassist.com, and there's an application process there, and it's for all sports, youth in the Tucson area. Uh, and so that would include help with athletic fees at a high school, elementary, middle school level, uh, rec fees, uh, equipment, uh, as well as uniforms. And so they can go to calebsassist.com. I know very often, especially at a high school level, there are perhaps several children in a family and parents can't afford all of the fees that are involved. And as you said, athletics is a key component to a well-rounded application for a college. Absolutely. So give them the website, spell it out for them. Sure. It's calebsassist.com. So C-A-L-E-B-S-A-S-S-I-S-T dot com. Okay. And is it .com or .org? It is .com. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yes. And you can learn more about the organization there. Uh, but again, all sports. So whether it is swimming, baseball, basketball. Uh, Baton twirling. What, <laughs> whatever they need. Uh, we've heard from a lot of high school level coaches who sometimes have to make the decision to either not let uh, a teenager play or they have to pay the athletic fees out of pocket themselves and sometimes these teachers and coaches are chipping in to make it happen but we'd like to fill in that gap as well okay what what age group are we talking about anywhere through elementary up to high school so if you are a kindergartner up through a senior in high school then you would definitely qualify from an age perspective and it's a relatively easy process fill out the form Yes, you fill out the form and submit it. We do ask for a couple of references as well as a letter from the athletic applicant. And for the younger kids, those letters are sometimes really touching and entertaining. Uh, but we want to make sure that if we're going to support, it is something that you're serious about. It's something that you want to do. And right. so we just want to hear from that applicant a little bit and get some references in regards to uh, their intentions. Very cool. Thank you for coming in this Thank morning. Thank you for I know having you me. Worked until three in the morning, and you're still here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'd be in bed. <laughs> Thank you for being here, and, and the information will be on our website as well. So if you know you forgot or need to find it, you can go to our website too. Excellent. Thank you so much. Perfect. Okay. Also in the studio, we have Amy. How do you pronounce your last name? Villaggio. I'm glad I didn't try. <laughs> and we have Dan, who is a recruiter from the U of A. Amy is a high school counselor from University High School. And we have Megan, who is also a University High School counselor. And on our website, if you haven't done it already, go to the blog page, lawmatters1030.org. Go to the blog page. And she wrote, it's like a three or five page list of things that are, I mean, this is so complete, it's crazy, a list of what you need to do and how to do it and when to do it. And actually, middle school is not too early to start planning what you need to do so that the last minute you're not scrambling because your work product will look like you scrambled. 
you're not scrambling trying to put together a, a good resume for college. So, Megan, because I've been talking to you the longest, I mean, over a year, isn't it? Yeah, it's been quite a few months. <laughs> yeah, long time. Tell us, what do you advise kids to do? And let's start on this uh, process here. Yeah, so I think um, kind of starting with our current seniors, you know, knowing that they're going to be applying soon or already, I would I would encourage them to really think about where they would like to apply. I think that's the first step is, is where do they want to be and making sure that they have all the requirements in order to get there. So, um, you know, you had mentioned starting at a young age and as students come into high school, it's, it's super important to plan out their four years and make sure they have the coursework that they need um, to then be eligible for admissions at the places they would like um, to attend. Do you recommend that kids do AP courses? So I, I think um, a lot of schools admire students who, who challenge themselves. They look for rigorous coursework. Um, I think that those definitely can help students um, be prepared when they get to college. Um, I think also, Dan, I would love to hear Dan's opinion on this because he works in the admission side of it. Yeah, Dan Dan is from the University of Arizona. He's a recruiter. So he's the one that's going to hunt you down and bring you in. <laughs> Absolutely. <Talk to> me. <laughs> yeah. So APs are a excellent way for students to prepare for a college level um, coursework and prepare themselves for that higher pace of um, college um, classes. It is an opportunity for some students, if they do well on those AP exams, to earn college credits. Um, and it's going to depend on the university that they choose to attend. But it's an excellent way to prepare themselves um, and really make sure that they're ready to go as soon as they step foot on a college campus. So AP courses don't apply to all colleges. Is that what I'm hearing? It's going to depend on the AP exam, on the score that a student receives on that AP exam. Um, but I would encourage a student, if they're interested in the subject area, if they think they can do well on that examination at the end of the term, there's no harm. A student can really um, get a great jump start on their college career um, and hopefully in an area that they're already interested in. Okay, when you're sorting out applications, what are you looking for for the U of A? What kind of a student are you looking for? Well, absolutely, we're looking for well-rounded students. I think um, first and foremost, uh, grades really do matter. Um, that's something that I would uh, really encourage students uh, to keep top of mind from ninth grade on um, and really their entire uh, entire career is grades do matter. We want students who um, are applying themselves in high school, um, achieving at the top of their ability. Um, and from there, we do a holistic review at the University of Arizona. We want to know who students are. So um, we already talked a little bit about sports, but want to know those extracurriculars. We want to know what they've done um, above and beyond throughout their high school career. And we also want to know if they have had struggles and how they've overcome them. What makes those struggles unique? What makes them unique as a student? Okay, what do you mean by struggles? Well, sure. I think uh, students sometimes um, will come to us in our personal statement that we have on the University of Arizona application and share maybe uh, a hardship that they had at home um, that uh, 
made them struggle academically. Like getting grounded for not doing dishes or what? Well, maybe perhaps a little more severe than that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you never know what uh, things are going on at home or outside of the classroom that might affect a student's um, classroom performance or classroom activity. And um, we really do want to give students that opportunity to tell us um, what else has gone on beyond their transcript that can help us understand who they are. Um, and that, that plays into their college admission. And how they handled it. Absolutely. Okay. Amy, what do you advise kids to do? As soon as, I mean, you're talking to them before they're seniors, right? Yes, I so. work with both juniors and seniors. So um, with our seniors, it's more like what Megan was saying about where you want to apply and getting more into the details of the actual process. With juniors, it's really encouraging them to think about grades, as Dan was saying, because this junior year will be the last year that their grades will be considered for the initial college application process. So those first three years are very important. And for juniors, too, it's an opportunity to really think about what kind of relationships are you developing with your teachers? How are you as a student? How are you in your community? And getting to know yourself more. And what are you interested in? Is there something you haven't tried yet that you want to or something that you want to that you're part of, but you want to increase your participation or leadership in perhaps? Yeah, getting involved in extracurricular activity like theater, you know, singing anything that you know you you think you might be interested in internships in different areas because you're going to learn something you're going to learn that you love it or hate it you're going to learn something so i've always thought that you wanted to start kids thinking on this path that they're going to go to college like eighth grade before you get into high school think about what you're going to do and outline it have a plan and execute that plan don't just you know Oh, plans on the wall. Execute that plan. So if you were going to go and talk to eighth graders, what would you tell them? I would tell them, you know, to kind of think about, yeah, think about their plan and maybe where they see themselves in the future, what they might be interested in, but really use those first few years of high school, you know, to explore and and really test the waters and see what it is that that they do enjoy. Um, We tell our students a lot, you know, find your passion. And I think sometimes that can be a loaded word, like, whoa, my passion, I don't know what that is. Um, But really, you know, I think a lot of times colleges aren't looking for like the one right thing. They just want to see that students are taking advantage of opportunities to do things that interest them, you know, as evidence that when they get to their campuses, they'll also take advantage of opportunities to do things that interest them. And so my biggest suggestion is just take some time to explore and then as Amy was saying as you find those things that you you do like um, seek additional opportunities to be a leader or um, you know to kind of take it your own way and make it happen yeah there are so many opportunities with different law enforcement agencies and the military has different opportunities that they offer kids to just get a taste of what this environment is like you're going to, you know, like I said, love it or hate it, but, you know, at least you'll know. It's not a guessing game, and it's something you won't regret. Like, we do an internship on this show, and last year we had two interns from University High School, and they had a good time. They were doing voiceovers. In fact, when we go to commercial in about 10 minutes or so, you're going to hear one of them did a voiceover for one of the commercials. So what do you tell students over at the U of A when people are applying? 
What kind of agenda do you give them? In terms of a timeline to apply or for students who are preparing to apply what they should be doing? Well, my son applied for the U of A, and it was kind of cool because when the letter came in the mail, he didn't have to open it because on the outside it said, you're in. So it <laughs> It's took an the, exciting bit of mail to receive. Yeah, it, it was took the stress right out of it. And he didn't open it. It just sat on the counter for a long time. Because <laughs> he said, I know what it says. <laughs> so it didn't matter. But, yeah, what, when they get there and they want to be whatever they want to be, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, how do you tell them to um, achieve that path? Well, I think in a lot of ways it's not dissimilar to what we've already been talking about. It's exploring all of their options at the university level. Um, so continuing to get involved outside of just the classroom, finding those opportunities within the classroom or within research to continue furthering their resume when they're at the university. Um, but I think uh, I, I will go back to a um, word that uh, Megan had said earlier, which is explore. Um, and I think uh, I, there's a little myth that you have to know exactly what you want to do once you arrive at a university campus and that your path is preordained. It really couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, students have the opportunity to explore, in fact, one of our top five majors every single year for incoming first-year students at the University of Arizona is undecided, undeclared. Um, and that's okay. Students uh, have a robust support system at the University of Arizona um, and really have an opportunity to find their passion or uh, maybe distill down what their passion is um, and end up in a major that they're going to be successful and end up on a pathway that they're going to get into a great career um, and, and get off on a strong footing um, after they leave. You have organizations over there like volunteer organizations? Uh, a few. A few. Um, we have <laughs> over few. 600 different clubs and organizations at the University of Arizona. Um, some are fun. Uh, so, you know, there's uh, Harry Potter enthusiast clubs and things like that. <laughs> but there's also opportunities for students to um, get involved in professional and curricular ways. So um, whether that's um, nursing organizations, professional business organizations, um, and a number of volunteer organizations that are out and about in the Tucson and Arizona community. Okay, it sounds like uh, there's a plethora of things to do once you're at the U of A. And this technically would apply to any state school, Absolutely. NAU. Absolutely. And I, I think um, uh, all three um, in-state public universities um, provide robust opportunities for students. Um, so wouldn't uh, steer you wrong, but I'm a little biased. University of Arizona is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it is. My son graduated from there. Okay, I want to. Did you bring your outline with you? Um, I, I have. I have it. I, it's I in your it this head. Morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's in your head. Okay, I want to go over this outline because yeah. I think people, if there are any questions you have for our counselors, the number is seven ninety twenty forty, and I. Is this yours? Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Thank you. Okay, let's go over this and and talk about step by step what people need to do because I, I've been telling people have pen and paper ready you're going to want to take notes and it's also on our website so start with step number one yeah so I had prepared step number one which we talked about a little bit as far as the early years of high school um, but I think you know going into senior year um, is is 
Dan can share too. They they opened the applications this summer, July first. So um, students can apply in, to all the in-state universities right now. Um, that's a great thing to get done early because um, it just there's lots of benefits and opportunities to apply for more scholarships and things like that. So preparing is huge, um, and really that's kind of kind of going to step two. That's researching, like I had mentioned, where they want to apply. Um, I know at our school we encourage students to kind of start building um, like a applications deadline document as they're going into you know each school. When do they need to apply by? What are important dates for scholarships or financial aid? And kind of making some type of spreadsheet or we've seen all sorts of inter, you know organizational tools that students will use, um, but essentially a timeline. Um, is also with researching you know certain schools have essays to write or there are certain scholarships that you might need to do a separate application for at some places. So kind of taking note of that and, and pulling out maybe what some of those essay topics are um, kind of all goes into that research point. Okay, now when you're picking a school yeah. and you really don't know what you want to do when you grow up, how do you pick a good school for you? What's What's the premise? Yeah, we talk a lot about three Fs at UHS. I don't know, this is just something that's evolved over the year, but we say fit, focus, and finances, which a very strong emphasis on that last one often. Um, And so, you know, thinking about what it is you want out of college, what's going to help you be successful, as well as how you're going to pay for it. Um, And so often for families, it is kind of that financial lens of what makes sense for for us, because ultimately you have have to pay for it. Um, But those are kind of the big things. So we always... Most times students start very big and broad and they have all these ideas and, and places that might interest them. And then looking more specifically um, at, you know, what scholarships are available to them at that school based upon, um, you know, their GPA and their extracurriculars and kind of their resume. Um, and that's something they have to start when they're a freshman or actually even before middle school. They have to start putting this resume together and study you want your GPA to, to look good. Yeah, the GPA helps a lot um, with with getting money, right? The scholarships, typically it's some type of scale. So the higher the GPA, the, the more money you could potentially receive. So that's very helpful. Um, so definitely studying. Um, they equate that to your credit score. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the same way it works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think often it... Um, we use, I think, fi- finances as a lens, as I was mentioning. And then, of course, um, if they have their major, um, I always tell students, make sure if there is a specific major, looking at the schools have it. Because we've had some st- students say, I'm going to apply here. And have, they have your major? No, I haven't really looked. And I've, that's important. <laughs> um, and so, you know, your major, maybe if there's a particular club or, you know, something you're doing in high school that you want to continue in, in college, that might be something to look up, see if they like have that Harry organization. Potter. Yeah, if, if Harry Potter is your jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are some things I might look at um, when they start, first start researching. I'm kind of curious about this Harry Potter thing. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm no expert, okay, um, but I I hear it's a good time. Oh, people <laughs> flying around on brooms. Yeah, there's Quidditch yeah, teams Quidditch at campuses team. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so college can be fun. It's yeah. not all work. Absolutely. Yeah. So. What did you major in when you were in school, Amy? Uh, well, I changed my major. Like, uh, as our first school meeting of the year, I think about 95% of our faculty and staff at UHS also said, yes, that happens. But I, um, I double majored in English and women's studies. And, uh, 
I went to Middlebury where Quidditch started. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but, you know, with with students who haven't figured out what they want to do, which is, yes, a very wide range of where they are on the spectrum for that. And as I tell them to, you know, I've changed careers, all of that. Looking at what majors the school has that they could potentially be interested in, too. And I think... Having, have, helping them discover what resources are available on the college campuses to guide them through that step because with the finances, you know, there is a certain amount of you can explore and you can discover what interests are, but you also have a, a definite timeline and, and price tag on that. So. And not all schools mm-hmm. have the same deadline. Uh, no, they don't. For called the application process? Right. Yeah, they do not. There are sort of typical times of the year windows for various steps in the application process, but no. So this, this, um, what we have on our blog page, this outline, the college application process, would be a real handy tootle, tootle, tool <laughs> for anybody who's thinking about going to college, start in middle school. Print this out. I don't think it's going anywhere. So, okay, what's the next step? Um, the next step is completing those applications. So, um, you know, speaking of timelines, making sure you know um, and deadlines when you, when your deadlines are. Um, there are multiple different application platforms. So all of our in-states have their own that our students can apply to. So they can go directly to, you know, each university um, and apply. And then there's two big app platforms called the Common App. Um, there's like over 900 schools on that one, and so students who apply out of state often will use that one. Um, as well common? As common, yep. What? Um, Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Common Application. Um, so there's over 900 schools, and basically students just complete like all the demographic and personal information once instead of doing it for every single school they apply to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so okay. it kind of makes that process simpler if they are applying to multiple schools, um, especially okay. out of state. Very cool. Yeah. Um, there's another one similar to it, um, the coalition application. Um, same thing. There's a significant number of schools on there. It's just a different platform. Um, that one, both of those students can start any time in high school, really. Um, some of the process of filling out like personal information. So if you were curious to what those looked at or looked like, you could log in, you know, as a freshman or sophomore. Um, specifically, the coalition, I think, is set up that way so that you can kind of build a profile and start exploring schools on the actual application site. Okay. What do you tell students about touring a college? <laughs> how, how do you do that now with the pandemic? Well, it's gotten a little better now that I think a lot of in-person touring happens. But, um, you know, with our students, because we do, they are looking at our in-states and we talk about, you do have the U of A in your backyard, this amazing university. And so many of them have been to campus for uh, different community events or different field trips and things like that, but they've never taken a tour as a prospective student. So I really encourage them to make that effort. Yeah, you know yeah. it's there. You've been on the campus, mm-hmm. but the tour really made a difference. You really get to intimately know the buildings, why they're named that way, where, why everything is laid out the way it is. Mm-hmm. And discover information that is tailored towards you as an incoming student and what your experience could be like. Okay, do you encourage kids to go out of state and visit other colleges or universities? I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, though, I would. Um, and I, I think it's important for any student to explore anywhere they're interested in. Um, I think 
fortunately, one of the silver linings of the pandemic has been that students can do a little bit more of that from home in their in their pajamas uh, at their computer and see a virtual tour that's a, at least an approximation of what they would have received on campus. But if they're truly interested in a school, stepping foot on that campus and seeing themselves as a student there is so important. It really does allow a student to figure out if that is their fit, um, and not just in the classroom or not just as uh, on paper, but as an actual person on that campus living their daily lives. And if you're from Tucson and you go to a different campus, you have to consider the weather. <laughs> it's a little different in some places. Some places have snow. <laughs> it's not not something you want to get involved in if you're used to being uh, in the sunny Arizona. So right, make all of your out-of-state campus tours in January. That's the that's, that's going to be the time. time. Yeah, that is the. If test. you love it in the snow, then you <laughs> love it all year. So okay, what's the next step on here? You've got the application, your test scores. Yeah. So um, testing. What tests? Tests um, that we're referring to would be like the ACT and SAT. Okay. Um, so all colleges take both, and it's really you know up to the student which one they would like to send. Um, we typically encourage our students to try both. See, you know, they're, they're a little bit different um, setup wise. See which one they prefer or do better on, and that can be the score that they then use. Um, although testing sc- scores for admission have kind of changed a little bit in recent years due to COVID. So there's a lot of schools right now because opportunities have um, maybe not been, um, there's not been as many opportunities to take the tests. A lot of schools have been test optional or are not looking at test scores um, currently. So that's just a really good piece of information to research if you're a current senior is what are the schools looking for in regards to testing. So you don't necessarily have to take the SAT or ACT, but that's pandemic Info. What about coming out of the pandemic? Are they going to be looking at them again? It's starting. I mean, we. I believe there's about two thirds of schools now that are continuing policies that they might have started during the pandemic, where they were test optional or test blind. And there were schools that have been doing that for many years. And I think this has given perhaps colleges and universities an opportunity to move away from some of the pressures of because a lot testing. of people don't test well. They know the information and, you know, but they don't test well. It's just Mm -hmm. very stressful. Yeah, it's like I always talk to students, well, that's one snapshot, you know, one piece of of what you're bringing. And if schools are mostly reviewing applications on a holistic basis, then it can be very helpful if it's not a required part. So go ahead and take the exams and use them or don't use them. Exactly. It can't hurt you, I think. Um, and that's the approach we take at the University of Arizona. We are test optional for admissions. We're not going to review it um, for merit scholarships. We're not going to review it um, as a part of your GPA calculation. Um, but if you took it and you were proud of it and you want to send it to us, it can't hurt you. Um, Framed. Uh, in a beautiful frame. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Please, yeah, send it over. No. Uh, there's electronic ways you can send it over, and it's an absolutely um, great thing to send, um, but there is no pressure to seek it out if you're not interested or unable to take it. Okay. You said send it over. Do you have, um, is there like a password? Is it your account, and you're just filling your account with documents? So uh, for both the ACT and SAT, um, they're uh, kind of, 
online electronic portals um, for each student, um, and they can select which universities that they choose to send those scores to. Um, I believe for each there's a couple of free sends that students get. Um, and then if you're uh, one of those students maybe using the common application and choose to send it off to 10, 12 different schools, uh, a fee might kick in after a certain point. But um, you would just need to kind of checkbox which schools you're interested in sending those scores to. I understand it's expensive to apply to college. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me about some of the fees that you incur because he just he just brought it up. Yeah, yeah. It's um, all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do with all that money, Dan? Uh, so I, I'll start off by saying uh, the University of Arizona does have an application fee, but if that's ever a hardship for a student or a family, um, we have application fee waivers, um, and they're very straightforward. They can reach out to our admissions counseling team. They can reach out to their high school counselors, um, and uh, we don't want to ever make that a burden for a student to apply. Um, so, uh, What kind of fees are we talking about? How much? Depends on the school. I mean, I think they range anywhere from 50, I think somewhere like 110. Um, and that's the application fee. And of course, if you do apply to multiple, multiple schools, then you have maybe to pay to send test scores and, and other pieces. Um, but I think for anyone, you know, where that might be a barrier, all schools have some process for typically getting a fee waiver. And so often that's just talking to your high school counselor or the admissions representative. So, so if they're going to talk to you and say, I can't afford it, what do you do? We just have some questions to verify um, eligibility for a fee waiver, and then um, we we help them with that process. So okay, lots of information. Yeah. So helps helps on the way. Yeah. So I mean, with that though, if 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 you um you know are thinking to apply to multiple schools and and maybe you don't qualify for a fee waiver, um, I think that is important to consider that there is a there is a cost, and so um you know. 20, 25 schools is probably not an ideal situation. You know, we often will say like, I don't know, five Let's to seven is probably a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> narrow it down. Because it does get costly. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few. Thanks for staying with us. In the studio, we have Megan and Amy from University High School. They're counselors to help kids get into college. And we have Dan from the University of Arizona. He's a recruiter. And we're talking about the process and where did we leave off? We want to, you have a huge list of different companies and email addresses in the back of this, this, um, form that I've been telling everybody go to lawmatters1030.org. On our blog page, we have the whole college application process listed there with a lot of great information. It's all in one place just for your convenience. So let's talk about some of these, these, uh, email addresses and websites. Yeah, so these are just a a list of websites that I often share with families um, for different things. So first, there's all the application links, right? As we mentioned earlier, the in-states each have their own, as well as some of those bigger platforms where you can apply to multiple. Um, College research, you know, there's lots of great resources online now for that, where students can put in maybe some of the criteria they're looking for in a school, and it kind of spits back out a list of like, hey, check these out. Um, some of them even let you put in like your GPA and test score and give you maybe an estimate of how competitive the schools are and, and, and things of that sort. So really great tools to see maybe what might be a good fit. So you um, can't fudge on those. You have to be accurate. You can't just, oh, I've got a great GPA and it's actually not so hot. Yeah, I mean, those are <laughs> estimators, so I guess you could. They're, but it's not going to give you a very good estimate. <laughs> they're, they're going to check. <laughs> um, and so those are just some, yeah, great resources. Um, and then... As we mentioned earlier, a lot of schools have 
virtual visits right now and there's some cool websites for that where you can walk around there's like student Q&A panels um, I've even seen some schools like you enter your information and you can get texted by a current student which is kind of a great way to learn more about campus now is there a cost to virtually tour somebody else's school I don't think so do you have virtual tour for U of A we do um, we have a virtual tour and a number of opportunities for students to connect live with um, other admissions counselors or current students um, there's a lot of resources and support out there through the college search process it's changed a lot yes okay keep talking yeah and then the other <laughs> ones I'm here um, are, are really related to scholarships and financial aid um, kind of on a number four on our list here but um, there's lots of uh, different websites where you can again create like a profile put in maybe your stats and your interests and it'll kind of generate scholarships that would be a good match for you um, that's something students can do as early as ninth grade maybe even before um, if they wanted to try their hand at some scholarships and that's a good idea because some of these scholarships you have to meet their criteria you have to work towards meeting their their platform and if you go in the last minute and you find out, oh, I didn't do that or I don't have this, you're not going to get that scholarship that you probably could really use. Yeah, and I think there's there's kind of two big, we talk about kind of two big categories of scholarships, the ones that come from directly from the colleges and universities where you might attend, and then outside scholarships that might come from like community organizations and um, things like that. So as far as college research goes, I always tell students, you know, go to that scholarship page on the school's website and see what it is you, you can qualify for or maybe that you need to apply extra for. Because a lot of time, the bulk of the money students get come from those schools they attend, which is, which is great. Um, but you also need to find schools to apply to that can, that can give you money. Um, and then of course, outside scholarships, those are the ones where, um, might be from, you know, local Tucson area organizations. Um, there's lots of like law firms and different, you know, companies that will offer scholarships for various things so interests um there's one for being tall one for being short one for being vegan like all sorts of things you're so kidding <laughs> everything so when students are like i don't know how to find them i don't know if i fit um there probably is one for you but those those websites where you can kind of make a profile and get matched are awesome at, at drawing those out and helping you find them so where on here are these websites that you're talking about? Um, I'm going to go f- apply. <laughs> Under scholarship search. So I, I just listed a few. Unigo, FastWeb um, are two where you might make a, a profile and get matched to some. But U of A actually, once you're admitted, has their own um, scholarship universe that students can use as well. Absolutely. And I was uh, thinking earlier um, about the the timeline as we were talking about it. That's perhaps the best reason that students can apply early um, so that they can hopefully find out that good news early, get that get that exciting envelope. Hopefully they open it. Uh, and <laughs> I think it's still on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> and then once they do, they get access to so many tools um, to help continue that college application and, and decision process. So when they get that... You, you're accepted, you're in letter, it actually gives you resources to, hey, apply for this, apply for that if you need it. Or It does. And at the University of Arizona, we call our kind of next step, um, the, the next steps center. Uh, it's our online portal that students get access to once they've been admitted. And that's where they're going to do some of the paperwork things, tell us a little bit more information. But it's also where they get access to Scholarship Universe, which is our uh, University of Arizona scholarship matching tool, and they can apply for as many scholarships as they have time for. Uh, and uh, we really encourage students to jump in there. I tell students, treat it like a part-time job. It's probably the 
best paying part time job they'll it, ever it have. It takes, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. But it can be some work, and it, it's absolutely, like you said, worth it. So, are you a college graduate? Uh, yes, I. And am. you studied what? Uh, so I graduated with a degree in political science. From where? Uh, from Ohio State University. <laughs> Ooh, I went to Michigan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and where did you go, Amy? Oh, uh, Middlebury in Vermont. In yeah. Vermont. Yeah. Middlebury. I hadn't heard of that. Uh, it's a small like a, school. <laughs> sounds like a brandy or something. <laughs> Doesn't it? A little bit. But I think it goes to show you, I, all of us from uh, universities out of state ended up here in Tucson, Arizona, um, working in high school and higher education um, and in, in degrees, not necessarily um, pointing in that direction. But your, your degree is in what? My degree was political science, um, but I, I got involved in college. I got uh, found those extracurriculars and really enjoyed the college atmosphere and wanted to continue working at, in a college environment. How long have you been with the U of A? I've been at the university about nine years now, um, so I've been sticking around. I really love Tucson, love the university. Yeah, U of A is awesome. So your degree is in what? Uh, in English and Women's Studies, my undergrad, and, yeah. And how long have you been at University High School? Uh, this is my third Year, I think. I, <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic I, doesn't count, so yeah. you just started basically. <laughs> I just started in person in a way. I've, uh, <laughs> I've gone through a few career changes, so you know. Um, and Megan, what what is your degree in? My undergraduate degree is in Spanish language and literature. And how long have you been at the university high school? Um, this is my sixth year now. Very so, cool. Yeah. And I tell people, you know, you want to get a college degree. I don't care what you're getting into. You're going to do better if you have a college degree. And a lot of the law enforcement agencies that we have on, all of them say, if you want to get anywhere, you need a college degree. And they don't care what it's in. It could be culinary arts. But if you're going to work for an agency, they're going to find something else for you to do. (laughs) And as long as they know you're willing to learn. And that's part part of the big deal. Okay, talk to me more about some of these these uh. The different websites, yeah. I think the big ones that I'll highlight, because it goes right along with number four, is applying for financial aid. So um, at, at our school, we like to say October is financial aid month, and um, kids are always like, should I worry about it now? Now? It's like, no, October. Just no October. Um, so the FAFSA is um, the free application for federal student aid, and that opens on October 1st. Um, but that's a loan, right? No, that is actually to help qualify students for um, multiple different types of aid. So it, okay. can, it could be loans. Um, for some students, um, for many students, it can also be grants, so free money um, that you can use to fund your education. And then the colleges and universities often use it to review you for further aid sometimes, further need-based aid. Um, and even some organizations you know, that give merit scholarships scholarships just want to see that you've completed it as part of that process to make sure that you've received as much free aid as you can. Um, so we encourage all students to do it. October 1st, um, it opens. I would say um, it's really important to get it done early. Um, often, you know, the FAFSA may not be the last step. Um, you might submit the FAFSA and then um, organizations or colleges and universities might need some additional information. So if you get it done early, you're really um, just ensuring you're not missing any deadlines and can get as much aid as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And do they offer students jobs at the colleges so that they can help supplement with whatever they need? 
Yeah, so there's, as I mentioned, there's multiple types of financial aid, right? Grants are free, loans um, is like self-help borrowed aid. Um, scholarships can be financial aid, or that's free as well. And then work study. And so work study would, is also t- sometimes offered through filling out the FAFSA. Um, and students can then, you know, earn money on campus to help fund their education. Um, even without work study, students can find jobs on campus. But to be eligible for work study programs, you have to fill out the FAFSA. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. How about number five? Stay connected. What's this? Yeah. Um, I, we were talking earlier about when, once they get admitted, um, Dan had mentioned their next steps account. I think that's huge. Um, students, you know, often get in, they're like, yes, I did it. And, and they don't always read all the fine print afterwards, but that's so important because you make that account and then you're connected to resources, but also you get important information, you know, about your aid, about scholarships. And so I always tell students, make the accounts and check them, stay connected, stay in the know. Um, that's, you know, how don't you just say I'm in and I'm done. Yeah, because, um, the amount of information that can go missed and really great opportunities, um, not just for funding, but sometimes there's like leadership programs and, you know, summer opportunities, really cool things that students can start doing to connect with the colleges and universities. And they just have to check their email, um, check those accounts. Um, but also stay, stay connected in school. Don't let senioritis get the best of you. You know, you still have to finish the year strong. Okay, what is senioritis? <laughs> you know, <laughs> We've got I'm, a pandemic now, you know that. You're adding to it? Yeah, like, you know, I got in, I'm done, senior's over, I can just coast until the end. Don't do that. Um, still try your best. You know, colleges do ask for a final transcript, and they will verify that you've completed the year strong, and um, you want to keep those scholarships and admissions that you've received. So finishing strong, um, you know, attending class, being present, yeah. Staying active. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to consider your relationship with your teachers, too, because if you're going to ask for letters of recommendation from your employer, from your internship people, you know, you need to have a good relationship with these people. It's not like Bueller, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he's not there. You need You need to, what kind of letter are you going to ask for? Let me ask you that, Amy. What kind of letter are you going to ask for? If you're asking your teacher for a letter of recommendation, what do you want it to say? Oh, that you're a responsible, committed student who is a positive, uh, contributing member of the classroom and has an impact on, positive impact on everyone around them. So if you want to continue that and, and really be that rather than just sort of yeah, they can't, they the can't <laughs> just write that. You have to be that. Yeah, you, you have to be that. Exactly. Uh, so what are you looking for in letters when you get letters, applications? They have these letters in them. What are you looking for? Uh, I would say exactly what Amy was uh, sharing. We want students um, that are are committed to their community, are committed to their academics. At the University of Arizona, our application doesn't um, accept uh, letters of recommendation, but that's not to say they're not useful. Um, so definitely build those relationships. Okay, wait a minute. They don't accept them or they don't ask for them? We don't accept them. It's not a part of our review. Um, but other parts of the university or other um, scholarships um, may require them. So, for example, our honors college um, does require letters of recommendation they want to know um, how that student has had an impact in the classroom. And so they, they do review letters of application as a part of their separate um, application process. Okay. So you really do need to have those relationships and think about it when you start high school, not, not in January of your senior year. 
right? Yeah. yeah, I think that one of the best ways you can do that is just, um, you know, be an active participant in your classrooms and, 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 you know, if your teachers have tutoring sessions or at our school, we have conference period where students can stop in and ask questions. Like take advantage of those opportunities to get to know your teachers and, and also for them to get to know you. Bring them an apple schmooze. <laughs> no. And that can be, I think we were talking earlier about sports and extracurriculars. That's perhaps some of the strongest relationships that students will build because they're, they're seeing those mentors, those coaches for more than just, you know, junior year English class once a day. They're perhaps outside of the classroom, building those um, kind of bigger skills and um, life experiences together. And so um, often those coaches and mentors can speak more to the student's experience. Um, not always. Um, and teachers absolutely write great letters of recommendation, as do counselors, as do community members. But it's it's really incumbent on the student to find that person that they have that best relationship with and can speak most to who they are. So it's not a form letter. But sometimes they do ask questions. Like there are questions. Like this is, um, let's see, like this is this student is in the top five percent of all students I've ever ever taught. Things like that, or their their kindness um, shines in my class. They might ask questions like that, and so I always tell students, you know, just kind of remember how you're being perceived in class and how you're treating others and your your peers. Yeah, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And we encourage students to get to know their counselors as soon as possible, rather than wait until it's the very last late. moment <laughs> and, oh, I've met you one time and, okay, I'm going to write this letter because it's a required part of the application. But we can advocate for students. We can uh, write on their behalf, and it can be a very persuasive part of the application. So you, the do you go into all the classrooms, or are they required to come to you? We do both. We go into all of our classrooms. Um, Hi, I'm so-and-so, yeah. and I'm your counselor. And yeah. if you're thinking of college or, you know, come to me. Yeah, and we um, we encourage our students to meet with us. We call them in to meet with us. We have a process with our seniors where we interview them um, as part of their recommendation process. So. I was always in the principal's office. They knew me well. <laughs> but I never asked for a letter <laughs> for obvious reasons. So, okay, what else is on here that we need to know about? Campus Pride Index, what's that? Um, so that's just one of the college research resources um, um, promoting LGBTQ-friendly campuses. So if that's important to you in your college search, that might be a website to use. Um, Raise Me is a really cool website um, as far as like using it for college research. But also um, students can go on as early as ninth grade and start building a profile um, for things they're already doing. So, for example, like being involved in a sport, taking one of the standardized tests, um, volunteering, and they can earn micro scholarships, and that all adds up. So for the schools that participate, you can start to see how much you would get if you were to be admitted to that school. Um, that's how much a minimum you would get. You could always get more when you apply. So that's a pretty cool platform, too. So do you guys go to the grade schools and tell the kids in eighth grade, you need to start doing this here? Like this Raise Me would be something I would want to know about before I got into high school, because that's when you start building everything. Do you go to the grade schools and talk to the kids? We don't go to grade schools. Or, I mean, for, for middle schools, I'm yeah, grade schools for, and... Where I come from. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the eighth graders, seventh graders at, at university high school, we do talk to students and thinking about their choices for high school. Um, and I think the, just the emphasis on strong academics and 
developing study habits and using the next four years as for high school as a way to explore your interests. We focus on that as well. Because this sounds like a resume thing to me. It is kind of like an online resume, yeah. So um, how important is a resume when you're applying for college? I, we have our students put together a resume and they turn it in every senior does um, for many reasons. It can be helpful when they fill out um, college applications. Like I know UVA and many others have like an activity section so students can list the activities they've been involved in. Um, that So if you have a resume set, then you can easily transfer that into the application. Um, also, if you are looking for a part-time job or, or maybe not college after high school, having that resume is key. Um, Typically, your resume is going to focus on your four years of high school, though, and those activities from high school, um, with the exception of maybe if it's like, um, you know, if um, you're in the Boy Scouts and you've been doing that since you've been in third grade or something like that, you might you might share that detail. But mostly we're looking at high school activities and awards and accomplishments from, from those four years. So um, most students, you know, I would say keep a folder, a re- you know, running record of all those important documents or accomplishments or activities um, if you haven't started a resume, and then definitely in high school, start documenting that in some, some type of resume form. Okay. Are any of these links on here a uh, resume builder? Um, I don't think we have one of those, although... That would be a good idea to have. Yeah, I could definitely share one <laughs> back with you. <laughs> um, but I know you know a lot of counselors do go into classrooms and do like resume workshops and stuff. A lot of schools have those resources on campus too. So take Very advantage cool. of meeting your counselor. Yeah. Do they teach cooking at University High School? No, we don't. We don't have that. <laughs> no, no shop uh, Just, where they fix cars and stuff like that. We have a sort of makerspace class or do engineering design class, uh, which is very popular this year. Um, and that's our first uh, class level in that with engineering. And then we have for seniors a dual enrollment class where they can get credit at the U of A uh, in engineering if they pursue that. And you offer a U- university high school offers uh, AP classes. I know that. Yeah, most of our, pretty much all of our classes are at honors eight or AP level. Because you're not the ordinary high school. You are above everybody else. That's what I heard. We have a pretty rigorous curriculum, I would say. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> hopefully, it's serious. helping them prepare well for the future. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to thank Michelle Hatch for coming on and telling us about. Caleb's Assist, if you are involved in sports and those fees are too much for you, or even the equipment, um, go to the website and check it out because they're there to help people have that rounded application for college. Dan, I want to thank you for coming on from the University of Arizona and recruiting people. Thanks for having me. Do you have have a keep a tally of how many people you recruited? Uh, I I personally don't. Uh, Hash marks on something. There's uh, we have a big office and a lot of folks that contribute to a student's uh, kind of coming to the University of Arizona. But I'm I'm happy if a student finds a college fit that's right for them, no matter where it is. Honestly, true, very true. What about going to a, a community college like two and two years at Pima and then transferring over? Do you recommend that for some kids? Because it's not as expensive. Absolutely, for that reason. Yeah. If yeah. That's a, if that's the right fit, if that's right, the right financial decision for the student, for the family, yes, whatever path works for them. Okay. Very cool. Okay. I want to. I want to thank Amy and Megan for coming on here. And like I said, if you're looking for everything to be in one place. Go to our website, lawmatters1030.org. On the blog page, it'll say college application process. 
and it's just a wealth of information in there. And check out all those websites that they put on there. And next week we're going to have uh, Soarita Police Chief John Nolan coming on, and we're going to see what's happening down there in Soarita. And until next week, I want everybody to shop local, stay safe, and thanks again for coming on, everybody. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.